0: What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. Welcome to episode 53 of the Sports Card Strategy Show. I am super excited to be here with you all. It is early on a Monday morning in the United States. I'm still in Europe, so it's 2 p.m. my time. But uh, my co-host, Kendall McKee, will be joining us shortly. And before he joins us, I have a question for all of you, and that is... Why vault your cards with the original marketplace? Because the eBay vault isn't just a way to protect what you collect, it's a new way to trade. Not only have your cards never been safer thanks to our secure, climate-controlled facility, but you're also locking in real savings. You pay no sales tax when you ship to or transact within the vault, and there are no storage fees for two years. Now just imagine everything you can do with all that money. And with the eBay Vault seamless in-app experience, you can track, buy, and sell your cards in real time. From listing your cards in seconds with the eBay collection to tracking trends with eBay price guide, managing your collection is more seamless than ever before. The eBay Vault, buy, sell, secure. All right, everybody, I hope you're doing well. Um, we had a great weekend of sports action. It is still October, which means we've got not only playoff baseball, the world series coming up with the, uh, ALCS and NLCS wrapping up last night. Uh, we will see the Phillies and the Astros in the world series. I could not be, uh, more, yawn yawning bored with that uh world series matchup but that's okay i was pulling for the yankees cuz my son max is a huge yankees fan but we've also got we're right in the swing of the nfl season of course we got the nba that just tipped off so that's super exciting the world cup is upon us we still have f1 um we have uh hockey of course Um, so basically we've got, uh, a lot of excitement for all of the sports, a lot of attention being split in a lot of directions. And so we will be, uh, breaking that all down today. And, uh, Kendall is here, Kendall, uh, it's good to see you. I, um, I fixed my camera issues from Friday. Um, there's a setting in StreamYard that I found. So it was user error and that's why my face was so huge on Friday, but, uh, you all got to see um, distorted Paul on Friday, but uh, real Paul is here, ready to talk to real Kendall and uh, ready to kick things off. But before we do, I just want to say hello to my amazing co-host um, from Wild Cards Box Breaks, offseason.com and JustBaseball.com. Kendall McKee, how you doing, man?
1: What's up, fella? How are we?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great.
1: Um, Your camera is looking much, much better.
0: I finally figured it out. Good for me. Supposed (laughs) to be a tech guy. And it took me like 14 shows to figure it out. So,
1: Uh, Krim texted me um, after the episode yesterday. He was like, dude, Paul's camera was cracking me up. I was like, (laughs) I know. It was Friday's episode was a rush of emotions. Friday's
0: episode was good for some laughs, if nothing else. That's for sure. Yeah. So, we got it done. And uh, away we go. How was your weekend?
1: It was pretty good. Um, I've just gotten better at, I would say, like, on a personal note, in this last couple of months, I've gotten better at sectioning off my weekends for rest instead of, like, you know, action-packing them or, like, you know, volunteering, my like, my time to other people's problems and things like that. I've been able to yeah. just, like, recover so that I can
0: be, like, super on during the week. So, um, yeah, yeah so it's been good. You know, one day you and I may start another podcast just about like how to live life, right? So this is the sports card <laughs> strategy show, but there might be. But there that be is not today. Someday. <laughs> someday when we're much older and we actually know how to live life, <laughs> um, we we can do that podcast. So, yeah. um, well, cool, man. Glad you're doing well. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I love to do is make predictions. I mean, that's really what nooffseason.com is all about that's what this show is all about and that's what the nooffseason.com sports card content network with all of our shows is all about like we make, we like to make predictions we like to make try to help you make money by predicting what's going to happen with the current players with with their ultra modern cards and so um I also love that, uh, I also love looking at who is next, right? So that's like, you know, you and I talked about that a little bit on Friday where it's like hard for us to kind of do the vintage thing because you really need to focus on like the top five to 10 guys, whereas we're kind of looking at everybody outside of the top 10 everywhere else. So I wanted to tee that up for my L of the week because my L of the week is kind of focused around some of the predictions I've made, not necessarily some of the card plays that I've made. Um, so it's of course card related, but it's more related to, you know, how have I sort of steered the audience wrong yeah. <laughs> over the last several months? And one of them's Russell Wilson. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson man. just, you know, he's injured right now and he hasn't been able to get it together. He never, you know, hadn't played well before he got injured. Um, maybe he'll come back and maybe he will, he won't be, an L of the week in future weeks. But, uh, as of right now, I mean, I just got to I updated the top 50 today and it just hit me. It was like, I got to I got to acknowledge just some of the bad calls that I've made. And one of them was Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson is probably my main L of the week. You know, again, it's not, it has nothing to do with anything that happened this past week, but because, um, you know, it is so relevant to, um, the sports card world over the last you know, 180 days. Um, I got to chalk that up as a big L of the week for me, and then a couple other L's that that I'm not necessarily ready to take yet, but that I do need to acknowledge to the audience. One of them is Cam Thomas. He just there's a lot of guys in the NBA that have gotten off to really hot starts, and the Brooklyn Nets and Cam Thomas just haven't. Um, they're kind of a mess right now. The Nets and Cam Thomas just really hasn't played. Um, and I don't know that that team's getting getting along well with the coach Steve Nash for whatever reason. So I, I still have faith in Cam Thomas, but the reason why he's why I'm acknowledging him as an L of the week right now is less because I don't believe in him later on this year. I still believe in him, and I still think that my prediction on him is going to be correct. But like I had a Cam Thomas card up for auction, a rookie ticket auto PSA eight up for auction with the opening bid of like twenty bucks. And it's down to like the last hour, and I've only got there's zero bids, and I've only got one offer of $10, which I've declined. So, this is <laughs> the Cam Thomas L of the week here. Um, so, it just goes to show you, you know, timing is everything. I do think I'll be able to sell a Cam Thomas rookie ticket auto at some point over the next 12 months for much, you know, hopefully somewhere around $100, which will be more than what I paid for it. It'll be a nice profit. But right now, 10 bucks is the best that the market will offer so it's all about timing right?
1: Absolutely. I, I yeah, I well to be fair Paul, I was fully on the um Russell Wilson trade as well. I mean there were several times that I think we did a would you rather of like if you had $1000 where would you where would you spend it right now and I picked I think several weeks in a row I was like man Russell Wilson's a great buy right now. You know, yep. it's just like And then Andy was still like, Andy was like, Russell Wilson's a great buy. So, I mean, I have a hair on my mic. I was just going to say
0: Andy, like Andy too. Not to throw him under the bus, but like he was, I mean, three of us were all on it. I just, but I think
1: that's not, that's not necessarily us. You know, like if, if there's three like seasoned sports card investors that are going, Hey, this guy's a good opportunity to, to fly. Maybe you just count that one as a loss. I I don't think we necessarily read into it differently or whatever. Russell is just right. I didn't even realize how weird he was until he he went to Denver and like all of his (laughs) videos are coming out. He's just like super awkward and like so then there's like these other like Marshawn Lynch has been talking about his time with Russell and he's like, he had to schedule time with him through like a management system. Like he had to go contact them to meet with his teammate. And it was just like so weird. And I don't know. Like I've always liked Russell, but now I'm just like, man, like have I liked somebody that I didn't really realize was a different person than I thought, but
0: yeah, that's Maybe so I've easy in Seattle fans um, about him. And they're, they were super happy that they traded him and, yeah. Yeah. They were happy to wait for the next quarterback and all that. So, but Geno you know, Smith, my guy. Geno Smith. Geno Smith looks good. Andy, like on at the this point, I wish we. Show last Thursday, Andy was saying, still buy Geno Smith. Yeah. I mean, he played well
1: this yeah. weekend. I mean, like, I wish we had Geno Smith over Jacoby Brissett.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. And I, I would have like...
1: never thought I'd say that.
0: I would have never thought Geno Smith over anyone, and I'm not even high on Jacoby Brissett. But I would exactly like that's how that's how little I thought of Geno Smith before the season started. I would 100% so agree. Shocked, shocked by that. Uh, all right, what's your L of the week, my man?
1: My L of the week is well, a small L of the week is I wish the sun would come up here so my lamp doesn't make me look like a ghost. Yep, um, that would be cool. Um,
0: come on, my- son in Kentucky, let's go, son. <laughs>
1: My um I have a couple of L's of the week, just small ones. Most of them are centered around NFL injuries. Mm-hmm. It happens every single year, but still like you're never prepared for it. Injuries are like the worst thing for sports cars. They're the hardest thing to predict. Obviously, you can't predict them. But I was imagining that people were about to cash in on Brees Hall. You know, there's somebody out there somewhere that was like, hey, this rookie's going to be great. I know he's a, ro- a running back. You know, I'm going to invest big here. He finally gets this, like, the starting nod. A couple weeks of him exploding in the backfield. Of course, the Jets are having a lot of hype right now. They're a fun team to root for. Um, they've got all the all the Gary V stuff. We've talked about Zach Wilson several times in the past couple weeks. Brees Hall was having an amazing season and then goes out and has an ACL injury it, this game, you know, and after he had like a 60-yard touchdown run. I mean, like the guy was just incredible this season. Um, It's just really unfortunate. I'm sure there's some people that were really hoping to cash in on that, Um, and you might actually still be able to considering where you probably bought him from. But uh, I would say my L of the week has been that. Um, I also – do you remember when I bought that collection of Alex Party cards, uh, uh, the top 70, like monster stuff? So I bought two sets of those at the time. Um, and I framed one and I kept the other. Well, um, I'm at the point now where I, I've sold the framed one. I got like probably 80% of my money back at that point. Um, and then this one i was like man i'm gonna hold it well now i'm in a position where i was like i don't really want to hold cards anymore so i was putting that i've been i've put that up for auction on ebay or for buy it now on ebay and i think i'm gonna have to take a massive loss on it uh which is unfortunate like the the series just didn't really take off like i thought it would and they they like put out so many other project 70s or or whatever yeah the artist cards are there's so many there's of them so at so many point.
0: project 70s and before that project 2020 and all that
1: yeah i mean like it's hard
0: to predict which ones are going to go up and down and really honestly i think the only ones that do super well in the secondary market are the numbered, you know the serial numbered parallels that you don't you don't know if you're going to get them obviously and you have yeah. to open them up i think which is weird so
1: yeah and so uh i totally agree with you there i think that you know the the foiled ones um that are like out of 99 or something like that um and then uniquely with alex party um he made some companion cards that he sold off his own website like he would make like uh like for one he has like his tops card and then he made another design that he would send out Um, So those are kind of a limited print run and some of those have his autograph on them and stuff like that. So those are kind of really valuable, but like that's on the margins of this collection and um, it's a cool collection, but I'm just bummed that it didn't uh, materialize into what I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's a tough one. Um, And on their football note with Brees Hall, you know, it's too bad. It's, it's how, the football card market, I always say is the riskiest and it's a, it's, yeah. it's the perfect example. It's the perfect example of why I don't really participate in the football card market during the football season. It's why mm-hmm. I get really get out of all football in August. Mm-hmm. Um, but monitoring Brees Hall as somebody who could potentially come back next year is not a bad idea, but then I would sell him, uh, before the season starts next year, if he's if he's you know getting some some hype, obviously ACL is going to be tough to come back from in that time frame. But you never know, um, and that's just a good a good example of kind of why I steer clear from football, or if I do, and actually it's another. That's one point. The other point that I that you and I talk about a lot is like being set up to sell. You know how important is being set up to sell in this whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people unfortunately like to do the work around buying the cards, but don't really like to do the work around being set up to sell the cards. And so that's yeah. where you can really miss your opportunity in the ultra modern market and get burned and then maybe leave because you got burned Well, you have to be, we don't want people leaving the hobby. We want to educate them on, you know, how to make money flipping cards, which, you know, I would argue that like 51% of that is being set up to sell. And then 49% of that is, is knowing, what to buy and buying it at the right time because that's typically the easier part at least in my opinion
1: so paul i'm gonna rabbit trail for a second yeah um how do you set yourself up well to sell on ebay
0: yeah with me now you know this about me already so i'm gonna try not to be too long-winded for the audience because i don't want to lose people on this but i have a marketing background like a really 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 heavy heavy marketing background and i've done a lot of digital marketing for a lot of clients and one thing i believe in is setting up an email list of it doesn't matter the uh the volume of your list it matters the quality of your email list so one thing when i first started getting into the sports card business a little over two years ago it was really more for me about Um, connecting with people that I think I might be able to sell sports cards to at any future date, whether they be on Twitter, Instagram, whether they be on Reddit. However I meet them, I want to know what cards, who do they collect, what teams they're connected with, what players they're connected with, and actually build a database of that for particular people. And so that's basically what I started doing a couple of years ago um, so that's actually one thing that I highly encourage people to do is like literally go through, if you have a lot of a particular team or a lot of a particular player, or if you think you want to go out and buy a lot of a particular player, go on Twitter and actually search people's profiles for who's pcing that that athlete. Um, and then keep keep a spreadsheet of it because when, you know, then, so that's one part. And then another part is like, obviously setting up the eBay account. Um, using the eBay account to make purchases, right? You and I have talked about that, building up your credibility by making purchases, paying on time, getting five-star reviews from being a good buyer. We've talked a lot about that on the show. I would then use that to set up a MySlabs account, do the same thing on MySlabs. The the thing I like about MySlabs is when you make a sale there, you get that customer information. On eBay, you don't. So a marketing play for being set up to sell is to play on my slabs a little bit, make some sales there. Don't really worry about your profit margin there, but get people's email addresses and then connect with them and then put them into your same email list. So you're basically a digital marketer uh, as part of your being set up to sell sports cards. Then what you do for me is then you go back to eBay. eBay becomes where you sell in the long run, but then you use that email list that that you built up over time and you continue to build that up and then you email people about your ebay listing like one-on-one emails or, or email blasts to people about your ebay listings that are up that you think they might be interested in and then you dm them on twitter and dm them on instagram hey man what's up see you PC, this guy just wanted to let you know i had this ebay auction running no pressure i think that when you to me that formula works because if I were to go to you or Greg or Andy or or Gary or one of the other uh, one of the other members of our network here or other friends of mine in the hobby like Chase, if I were to go to them and be like, um, "Hey man, like, do you want to buy this card?" That's a little bit more pressure on the friend to buy the card versus like, "Hey, I've got this eBay auction up. Uh, would you mind checking it out?" Then it's like you could check it out. You could not, I would never know it's less pressure, you know? Um, so I, I, you know, that's a, that's a loaded answer, but I like to get into detail. Um, but what do you, what do you think of all that? Is that in line with what you do or a little bit different than what you do?
1: No, that's completely different than what I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good, yeah. good. So Tell
0: us what you do then.
1: Um, I, I think I come from like a generation that, that is t- completely afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Like, Email marketing is just like, <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. but uh, it, I mean, if it's working for you, then that's freaking cool. Um, it's just something that I've never had good success with. Even when I was in sales, like outside of sports cars, I just emails were just never how I was selling. Um, but I think what, I think what I was trying to get at here and um, what I was potentially like thinking about vocal, like vocalizing is over half the battle. When I started the eBay process was, I was like, okay, like I would like to sell this card. I don't know how I, I sell it. You know, like everybody talks about like, okay, taxes, all that kind of stuff. People talk about fee Bay all the time on Twitter, which is uh, just a load of crap personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all this stuff is like you know people are all upset about the process and like and then they build up this giant monster of the people that are buying the cards from you no one pays blah, blah. blah. you know like that, that whole barrier is a fear barrier into getting into into selling your sports cards so there were times where i was like oh, i just don't really know what i'm gonna do i'll just like try to sell it on to my buddies or or something which never works because we're all poor um and so um there was the process where i hadn't really set up to run on ebay so then i put in the money and the time to get my ebay set up well like i bought a label printer and you know like some of those like i'm trying to take the barriers down as far as possible like you know like it's so easy for me to just be like, boop, 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 print on the thing and go, you know, like, so I spent the time pre label or uh, pre weighing products. So I could like just not have to weigh a hundred things when I do it, you know, like it's just, yeah, I took the in logistics the pre work are,
0: are important for sure. Yeah, they
1: are important. And, and I would just say like the logistics of it are important to get right so that you mm-hmm. can just keep a really replicable product. That way you're not like, oh, I want to sell these sports cards, but you're not like, ah, I don't want to go through like the 15 steps to get it there. You know, if you can get your system oiled really well, like you're going to start selling at a much more rapid rate. Um, That's what I found at least. Like once I got my system in place, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, you can see like in our background, I have like tape, my little uh, scale and my like loading dock back here. And so I mean, I'm clearly set up to sell, buy, sell and trade sports cards, even in the layout of this room. And some people don't have that ability. But at the same time, like that has helped me be successful selling sports cards online.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the logistical end of it, too, because I was talking more about the, the building up an audience end. which And I think they're equally as important. You know, you have to have the logistics down. For me, um, part of the year is what you're talking about when I'm in the United States. Most of the year has been relying on the vault. That took me a long time to get... There. That took me about a year before I could actually sell on eBay just to, to figure out the logistics of, of how I was going to intake my cards, photograph my cards, ship my cards. So whether it's a vault service or whether it's... Um, physically photographing the cards yourself and shipping them yourself. That's obviously just as important. So good question. Good question. All right, let's jump into W of the week, Kendall. Uh, why don't you share with us your W of the week here before I do mine,
1: man, I, I got to give you some props here. Cause I've, um, I've been watching basketball pretty heavily over the last couple of days. I, I did not realize how much I missed watching the NBA. Um, and, I have watched every minute of the Thunder and they suck, you know. So it's just like, uh, actually, to be fair, they don't suck. They just are not. They're just very, very young and they don't have an impact player on their team. There's a lot of really exciting talent on the Thunder. To be fair, um, but when you lose a first round pick before the season starts and then you lose your second first round pick in the first five minutes of the of the game, uh, now Williams will. I mean, his his. Uh, orbital lobe fracture will it'll be fine he won't miss the season but he will miss a couple i would imagine a week or two probably but um and then he's gonna get to wear that cool face mask and look like a superhero but
0: let's go rip hamilton
1: let's go uh there was a speaking of the weird mask there was a time where lebron wore a black one and the nba told him to stop and then he like wanted to wear it after his injury, like he was like, Yeah, I want to wear it in for and like to look cool and like be protect. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he wanted to wear it as like a protective thing, but like kind of be unique and look different. And the NBA was like, No, you cannot do that. <laughs> I wish they would have let him. What if like LeBron's entire career was a would have been known for wearing a black face mask? That'd have been awesome. Um, it's super
0: interesting. Wait, that yeah, we could unpack that for a while for sure, but. We'll keep it moving here. Yeah,
1: but my but I but I got to point out to you that I have because I've watched only the Thunder games recently. They played the Nuggets the other night in the Nuggets home opener and Bones Highland is electric. My man like that, Paul, you were have been on him for a while and I don't know like where his card prices at. I forgot to look him up before we got on the show, but I'm just saying the eye test is there for Bones and that offense is gonna have to run through him at some point. Jokic can't do it all. Even Caldwell Pope is having a good uh, early part to the season out there. So um, I, I think Bones Highland is is a super interesting guy to watch. He's um, catalytic, if you will, on yep. the court, and uh, he just enjoys playing the game. And I think that will. I think he'll be a fan favorite very soon. So
0: we talk about guys that you can focus on one guy or one athlete and just only buy that athlete and sell that athlete and make money doing it. And I feel like bones is an example of who you could buy at the right time, who you could sell at the right time, because he will have like these electric performances and he's not even close to just getting started yet. Like on a really good, in a really good franchise with a lot of upside with Jokic obviously and, and talent around Jokic too. So um, is is the, your W of the week how great I am at predicting yeah, basketball things? It oh, is. That's very nice of you. Thank you, Kendall.
1: Um, so is your W of the week talking about how cool I am?
0: My W of the week uh, <laughs> will have I will incorporate how awesome you are.
1: Into movie. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, no
0: my! My personal W of the week is a play that I made that I've talked a little bit about on the show already, but. I think it's a good time to bring it up because I'm actually about to end eBay auctions on on these cards and so you guys have probably heard me say if you've if you've watched or listened to the show before how because PSA is is has been open at a really um affordable bulk grading rate since really the summer I went out and opened up some boxes of cheaper cards like NBA hoops over the summer and then had them graded at the $18 a card level. Jalen Green came back with two PSA 10s and NBA hoops just base. And so had it been a year prior, those cards would have just been thrown in the garbage because there's no way anyone would have submitted them to PSA probably or SGC at $30 a card. It just didn't make sense. But PSA at $18 a card, being able to hold those cards in my hand, which is, which is unique to me over the summer, and then submit them to PSA, they both came back tens, and they're both going to go in auctions on eBay for over $40. So this was basically a free card. Like the card is a dollar to get the card. Um, I did open it up out of a blaster box that costed a little bit more than that, of course. But in general, it's an $18 play to get. More than forty dollars on two different cards, so it's. I kind of see this as everything excluding fee bay and the fees and everything like that. Uh, it's basically doubling your money from a gross standpoint, and so the profit will be a little bit less than doubling my money. But I did think that that was wor- worthy of bringing up because I think that um, for for probably at least twelve long months, we were all talking about like plays that had nothing to do with grading base cards like it was like no, don't grade base cards and now I actually feel like you can grade base cards again and you can make money doing it and so um that's kind or of a personal, you? personal win I don't know but if you're making money off of it why wouldn't you because Psa is turning things around quickly so we live in a free country at least most of us do and so <laughs> this is a worldwide show so most of us live in a free in a in a, in a society where we can we can Send things into businesses that we want to send into businesses for services that they're offering us, which is what PSA is doing. So, who who? If someone's gonna tell me that I shouldn't do that, I really will take issue with it. I believe that anyone can grade whatever card they want. Um, it's not in a, it's not a situation where we're now blocking other people from being able to get things done that they were trying to get done. I could see that argument at that time. Um, People can come on and, and troll me in the comments and say I'm an idiot because like if I encourage people to do that, then we're going to be right back where we started a couple years ago. I don't think that's going to happen again. PSA now knows how to prevent that from happening. And so,
1: yeah, they're definitely it's really spot. more their
0: problem. It's really more PSA's problem if it happens again. It's not my problem for sending in base cards. If I want to do something like that, then that's my prerogative. If the audience wants to do something like that, that's their prerogative. That's my that's my take on that. Yeah, the,
1: the only thing that I think could be the other aspect or the different view of that is to say like, is grading base cards eventually going to devalue the grading card market? Like, you know, like you just see like a ton of stuff and just sitting in eBay or on Twitter feeds of like PSA nines and eights and stuff like does grading base cards like devalue, uh, the the graded card aspect in the long ru- in the long run, and maybe. And I'm not trying maybe, to, be, yeah,
0: I'm not trying to fire back at you in a negative way. But I will say that, like, I don't worry about that because that's a hypothetical that I don't think anyone should waste their time with. Because the market will take care of that. The mm. minute that people stop buying Jalen Green PSA tens NBA hoops base for more than forty dollars, when I only paid eighteen dollars to get that product that way then it's a problem but the market will take care of that like right now people are buying it so that means that it's worth that and that means that there's yeah, no I reason mean, why the yeah. retail, it's like any other bit see the thing i don't like the thing i don't like about the sports card hobby i'm gonna get you just got me on a soapbox real quick let's,
1: let's go this is my favorite <laughs> The
0: thing I don't like about the sports card hobby is that for some reason, people want to treat it like it's not any other business and it is any other business. It's the same as any other business. Every other successful business vertical in the world is based on supply and demand. The minute in other, like when people were flipping uh, slime and COVID masks and all this other stuff. Were people as angry as people get in the sports card hobby about grading base cards? No, it's the same thing though. It's like, it's the same thing. Like people, if you can buy in bulk a product for a particular price and then sell it for another price that allows you to profit from it, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. This is a business. So like, why can't the people in the secondary market like you and I do the same exact thing that the local card shops are doing? The Great. local card shops go out and they buy product in bulk from the manufacturers or distributors, and then they sell it for a profit. So why do, why do all of us kill, kill ourselves for doing the same exact thing? I'm I think, fired up, Pendle. You just got me fired up.
1: Good. I'm about time. There we go. But like, um, I think the the thing that is the the curious part about this is th- this didn't really become investable until the last couple of years. True. You know, historically, the giant wave of investing sports cards did not happen probably until. Like Gary V started talking about it, I think in like 2019 ish, and then it exploded in 2020. I don't know if my time is right with Gary V because I don't that, follow. That's him, my
0: but. that's my experience too. So, I, and am so, backing you up on that.
1: But there are people that have been here for 30, 40 years going to sports cards. You know, you know there are people out here going to shows every weekend when they could pay, you know, five dollars or something for a, a for a Mike Trout. You know, like there, there's been people out there that have done that forever. And this was their hobby. And all of a sudden, all this money came into it, which changed everything. And so I think that is where you're seeing the rub is you have these people that are that probably just wish investors would just leave. You know, like they're just like, this is my this was my entertainment. This was my hobby. This was my I saw a guy this weekend talk about a J.K. Dobbins out of 10 that he bought and he was so excited. And then people on Twitter were just railing him about how that was a horrible investment because he just got hurt. And he goes, I don't know if you notice, like I'm." he's looking around and he's like, I don't have to invest in sports cards. I can just like them and so like this poor guy was just getting railed because people were like that's a bad investment and he he deleted the post and made another one and he's just like i'm never gonna sell my jk dobbins cards and then he put a collection up about how he's an ohio state fan and there's a there's one of the cards in his like collection is a uh autographed um uh like four by four you know, the little note cards that we used to, when we used to study in college, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah.
0: Index cards.
1: Yeah, index cards. He had one of those that was autographed from J.K. Dobbins. and it was like, hey, man, heard you like have a cool collection. I hope you do well. You yeah. know, like that's never going to sell. But this dude's thrilled, you know, so I think there's the combination of that kind of stuff coming in. And then everybody is all of a sudden an investor in sports cards. And it's like the market swinging into retail investors with like the Robin hood stuff. And then like the sports card market has affected from that meta as well. And I think that's what you're kind of experiencing with what you're talking about when you're the, the little soapbox you were on. I think that's because of that.
0: Yeah, it could be, but I mean, at the same time, I feel empathy and sympathy for the gentleman that you're talking about because like, to me, that's another example where we shouldn't be railing on each other. You know, oh, yeah, there's, absolutely. there's a lot of different there's a lot of different ways that people get fulfillment and enjoyment out of the hobby. My way is different than that guy's way. Um, and oh. I'm just protecting my way and he's protecting his way. And I wouldn't come down on him for his way. And but yeah, I mean, interesting discussion. Would love to hear what the audience thinks. Chad Gill says brother, brother, brother Paul Paul. Good to have Chad on the brother show. Paul. He's a he's a loyal audience member, and uh, we love when he he's involved in commenting, especially when he agrees with me, of course. So uh, hey, I know he's probably line.
1: saying, "Preach it, brother, Paul." But <laughs> that, since there's no comma there, I love that he's like, "Preach it, brother, Paul." Like you're like Preach some brother sort Paul. of some Southern Baptist preacher.
0: Let's go. So um, I did have a couple other points to add on my my W of the week and and it had to do with our predictions. So this is all I'm going to incorporate how great you are into the show. But first, into my W of the week. But first, um, my prediction's gone right. Patrick Mahomes comma bro smiley face is in my notes. <laughs> because I will say, I yeah. will stand up for myself when I do when I go against the grain, when I, when I do what everyone else isn't doing in terms of the predictions. Now I was steadfast with Patrick Mahomes in my top three quarterbacks. Always. He was in my, like, he was always ranked ahead of a bunch of other guys that like, you know, I, I won't, I won't go into all the details, but if you, if you followed no offseason.com sports card investment report for the last like six to eight months, it's been like, I've been steadfast on my Patty Mahomes in the top three, in the top five over a bunch of other guys that are getting a bunch of other hype. And even though, even though he was down a little bit um, and people still thought he was overpriced, I, I still think we're looking at why prices are what they are. And so, um, You know, Mahomes is looking good. Another one I had is Zion. That's where you and I want to give us both credit on our Zion call. I know he just kind of went down with a little bit of an injury the other night, but last night, but I don't think it sounds super serious. Uh, And then Joe Burrow, you and I had him. We we talked about him a few weeks ago, and he blew up yesterday. So that's how great we are. Now, wins of the week in terms of some NBA players that I just wanted to hit on real quick. I'm going to go real fast. De'Aaron Fox is averaging – 31.7 uh, 31.7 points a game and is shooting 60% from the field and 45% from three point land. He's averaging seven assists and five rebounds. James Wiseman is a guy we've all been waiting for. Yes, 11 finally. points per game, 72% from the floor, averaging six rebounds. A rookie, Benedict Mathurin. Uh, you may be familiar with him, averaging 24 points in 28 minutes a game in Indiana. He was the sixth overall pick, 52% from the field, 50, er, yeah, fi- and 52% also from three-point range. S- over six, that's coming six down. That's coming down, and Paolo Banquero, of course, the number one overall pick, Paulo 23 Man. points per game, uh, eight rebounds and three assists. The takeaway for all these guys, though, is other than Fox, maybe. I think you can make a play on Fox, actually. Um, But my takeaway is, like, be patient and hold these guys because, um, like, Bancaro and Mathurin don't really have cards out yet that are investable. Um, But I would would, uh, think of Mathurin as, like, a Bones Highland of this year kind of thing, but probably with way bigger upside than Bones Highland um so i do like him and i did want to just give those guys a w of the week because i think it's relevant to talk about them at the beginning of an nba season so kendall uh who's your w of the week or did you already do you did your w the week it was me i forgot yeah uh all right do you have a buy of the week kendall i I do and it's and it's a distant
1: buy um but it's a risky one i'm not gonna say like it's not a not a risky one but i think like sometimes you got to make these bold plays. And so I'm going to make a bold play. Um, I, well, first off, before I go to the absolutely bold play, I'm excited that the Bucks suck like the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm excited. That game was so fun to watch because of all the Panthers problems this past week, Christian McCaffrey getting traded, which we f- did not talk about on Friday. We definitely should have apologized to the audience, but, um, With McCaffrey going over there to uh, Devontae Foreman or Foreman, whatever his first name is, Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, like ran all over that Bucs defense. The thing I'm excited about is I think it could be like watching this Brady demise is like kind of fun because I know I'm probably going to be able to buy a Brady card (laughs) at a better price uh, because like his legacy won't be tainted by one year. But like he's got so many issues right now that you can't, like this team it would not shock me if he literally walked away from the game. Like it would not shock me if like a press conference came up today and he's like, you know what? I just can't do this. I'm sorry. Like, see you know later. what?
0: Somebody from the university of Michigan would do that. They would just in the middle of the season, just take a, poop all over their franchise
1: yeah uh, i mean i'm sure right now he's thinking golly i should have left i could have had giselle at the end you know like all. The- <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's just like everything in him is just like why did i not just leave when i had so a buying opportunity not only for brady but i think this would be also a buying opportunity for kyle trask again Because I think there could be a situation where Braden just leaves midseason. I think he's just like, okay, I'm done with this. You know, like if there's a couple more games like what he had this Sunday, like I don't think it can get worse for him personally than last Sunday because the Panthers are an absolute wreck and like it's a fire sale and they just dominated the Bucks. Um, But okay, so that is like one thing. I was just gonna leave that there. But my my risky buy is I have been as an NBA player, I've been watching the the Hornets because I'm interested with what's going to happen in this franchise. They've got some key injuries and they also had some guys move on. Um, and I, I you know like I don't want to talk about that, but I do want to talk about Nick Richards. I think Nick Richards could be a really sneaky play here because he's getting so this past 3 games he's had 20 minutes, 21 minutes and 26 minutes logged. And last the t- uh, he had one game where he had uh, uh, a plus or a plus minus of negative 8. But his other two games have been plus minus 25 and 28. Like, that's some significant minutes he's playing. Um, he's logged two double-doubles already, um, 20 points and 19 points. He's clearly getting run at the center position for the Charlotte Hornets. I know that the center position is not like a super investable Um, Position, but I would also like to point out that he was a massive University of Kentucky player. So there are some fans out there, particularly in my region, that are exactly like thinking that Nick Richards deserved this last year. Now he's getting the time he's putting in the work. He has an extremely good um, run uh, previously of being like a good free throw shooter and some other things. I think Nick Richards could be a guy that you see kind of blow up in a weird way um, on this Hornets team and be a really nice piece for them. Um, So, I, my buy of the week I think I'm going to make a sneaky play for some Nick Richards cards which sounds weird but
0: I love that way to dig deep Kendall uh someone completely off of my radar but yeah uh 7 footer from from University of Kentucky definitely has a has at least enough of a niche fan base there to move some of his cards and if you can buy them low um that that could be interesting I like I like when you're digging deep that's awesome especially in basketball all right so my buy of the week Um, I'm going to explain why it's time to buy F1 cards. So first, um, if you go to marketmovers.sportscardinvestor.com, that's how you can get into the new uh, version of Market Movers app. Um, And if you use the promo code No Offseason at checkout, you can get your first month for only $1. They've got this great deals feature, which is what Kendall and I use quite often to see like Just what cards are underpriced, but I'm going to go into why you should be buying Formula One cards right now and then talk about specific cards that I think that people should buy. Um, I think the reason why you should be buying Formula One cards right now is that uh, fractionalization of attention, right? There's so much going on right now that has nothing to do with Formula One. Formula One is like uh anticlimactic right now like we just had max Verstappen win another race um u.s grand prix in austin uh this past weekend Red
1: winning the cup is like i think the cooler part
0: i think it's cool but i think it was like a foregone conclusion and so oh, i feel like attention has sort of <laughs> waned off of uh off of f1 and so i think what that means is that because there's not going to be like this climax to the f1 season there's no crescendo to like sell and so i think that um because of that a lot of uh opportunity exists with attention being on nba mlb uh you know world series uh nfl and and the world cup coming up and hockey starting so with all the attention being on these sports that are really uh getting everyone's attention right now, I think, um, you know, you've got some guys that have some cards, some significant cards that are down big time. So this George Russell 2020 Topps Chrome Formula One Sapphire Edition base PSA 10, is a pop of only 295 So according to market movers, this is down to $153, down from $700 six months ago. So this, in theory, the play here is to buy it now, and then flip it, essentially, another six months from now, or I would say maybe maybe more realistic, uh, December, January, February, March, April, five months from now, um, when the when the F1 season really starts to get hype and there's and the first few races are underway. Um, I like that card because um, George Russell obviously is like a darling of the F1 world. There's a lot of people that believe he's going to win a championship. One day he hasn't won a race yet. I think when he does win a race, that's going to be a moment to potentially start selling his cards. I also think that uh, because it has the RC logo, that's actually a really big deal that not a lot of people talk about, I don't think, uh, from that 2020 set. Uh, Charles Leclerc does not have an RC logo, but I do like his card as well. The same one, uh, 2020 Topps Chrome Formula One Sapphire. Uh, base PSA 10, pop 365. It was 900, now it's 197 according to market movers. And then if you go over to Lewis Hamilton, you've got his same card, 2020 Topps Chrome Formula One Sapphire Edition, base PSA 10, pop uh, 485. Uh, Current price according to market movers, 510 down from 1625. So these are huge drops in cards that Six months ago, there was, you know, 70% to 75% uh, higher in value. And so you've got a situation where you can really, really, really profit from these cards with not a lot of risk involved. These three guys are locked into their spot and... All it's going to take is the beginning of the F1 season, people to get hype again, and there's going to be profit margin in these cards. So, I actually think these are three really safe buys right now to make money. Um, and then, one other one I wanted to point out today is I was doing some research for an article that I'm doing for Sports Card Investor that I submitted today. It may not come out until the beginning of November. Um, it possibly could be this week, but it probably won't be until the first week in November, but it's, it's an analysis on the history of select basketball. Okay. It's called in the wax. So I went in the wax of select basketball all the way back to basically the first set with Panini. And so what I realized is that, uh, the 2018, 2019 select basketball hobby box is super desirable for a few, for two main reasons. First of all Panini didn't really make any changes to the set for the few years prior so essentially it was uh, it was a set that investors knew was going to be uh, not really watered down. They didn't add new weird inserts or add parallels or add different tiers to it like they had done to kind of water down the set uh, a few years prior to this. And then but the biggest reason is the rookie class. So the rookie class has Luca Trey Young SGA, who's near and dear to your heart now, even though he's in a Clippers uniform in that set. Um, DeAndre Ayton, Michael Porter Jr., Jaron Jackson Jr., but then there's also Jalen Brunson, Anthony Simons, um, and then some other some other guys that aren't as notable, but Mikel Bridges, Marvin Bagley III, Kevin Herter, and Jared Vanderbilt, who don't suck. So this is a set that really goes deep into the rookie class, and due to the star power, um, and then the remaining ceiling of guys like Michael Porter Jr., Jalen Brunson, and Simons, I'd probably rake this the most investable hobby box um, related to select basketball. And and the price point is really interesting. It's right at about thirty seven fifty, so it's not cheap, but it's definitely not as expensive as some of the other years of that set. Um, and then the year after that with Zion and Ja who arguably is is more star power even than Luca and trey goes for about half that price and that the Z- Zion and Ja set is still the one before it became the retail only product so I really think it was interesting going in the wax I don't typically talk about wax um but I thought it was interesting going in the wax and and trying to figure out what what might be a good investment from a sealed hobby box standpoint
1: yeah i mean i I think that's a well, first off, excited to read the article. Um, and <laughs> thank you. Props to Paul Hickey, brother Paul. Actually, props to brother Paul. Brother um, Paul or brother Paul? No, brother Paul. Props. You were on your soapbox, therefore, you're preaching. True, I now. was. I was. I'll uh,
0: address oh, some comments at the end of the show. Appreciate everybody right. commenting.
1: um I am all in on your F1 take, though. Um, I, I mean obviously I'm all in. <laughs> you know, we have few fans I would imagine on this show that watch our flagship show or even know a dang thing about F1. Um, but I love that take. I think there could be a scenario where Lewis Hamilton is not driving for Mercedes soon, um, which would make Russell's cars even more valuable. Um, because i think that he's realizing he's about to be taking a back a back seat for that mercedes team i think he's realizing that he's going to be like the secondary driver and i just would imagine that lewis hamilton the best driver potentially ever you know like uh or in especially in a lot of different scenarios um like if you of course you know like comparing him to the goat is I don't want to go there. I don't want that's not the discussion I wanted to have. What I'm saying is like, I don't think he's going to be second fiddle or love doing that. Um, And um, I think you could see him move back to McLaren uh, maybe in a couple seasons. Uh, I think Lando Norris uh, would do a swap there. I don't want them to move, but I think that could happen.
0: Dang, um, the F1 rumors from Lefty
1: McKee. That is complete speculation.
0: <laughs> I love it. Let us know what you think in the comments of the yeah. F1 rumors. I, love I just,
1: it. I just could see that developing. I could see that narrative. Uh, like Lando is obviously like a great driver. Um, McLaren is like a great team, but probably not in the top two. It, I mean, like I would still put Ferrari and Mercedes and Red Bull over them. You know, like. Um, in, in terms of lore, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think there'd be a cool situation where Oscar Piastri and Lewis Hamilton are racing next to each other. I think that sounds so, so cool. Let's go. I Oscar. think Piastri and Hamilton r- racing for McLaren <laughs> just- I love Lando Norris, too, but I like, I might swap that just for What's my own is enjoyment. I
0: so, I didn't talk about Lando, but I'm glad you brought him up. So, his same card is also down uh, 73%, but it's the raw version. So, if you want to go Lando, RC, Logo, 2020, Tops, Chrome, Formula One, Sapphire, Raw... It's forty five dollars. It used to Dude, be one hundred eighty three. Put
1: that link in the private chat. I'm I'm going. So fishing.
0: let's go there, right? Okay. Now I want to go to my who to sell now, and then you can go to you can go do yours, uh, and then we'll wrap up the show uh, okay. with a few with a few other quick segments. So my I, I'm interested in your take on this though, because so this I want to clarify. Like this is going to seem like it's going to go against. Something that we talked with Lydon Sype about in Friday's episode, but it's not. I'll clarify this. So the Kobe Bryant 1996 Topps base Ooh, PSA man. 10 and the Ken Griffey Jr. 1989 Upper Deck base, um, those cards, according to just the regular data, not the Market Movers premium product, but just the regular sports card investor.com data, those cards are up right now. They're the number nine and the number 10 overall card, according to this free sports card investor app. Now we know that that app has some some problems with the data, right? So I'm, I haven't really dug in, but it made me think of something. I struggle to understand when cards of these types of retired legends are going to spike. I struggle to understand when. What makes sense to me about the Griffey coming up to number nine right now in October and the Kobe coming up to number 10 right now in October when they really, neither one of these cards have been in the top 10 of this app since I can remember. uh, They were probably back in February of 2021 when everything was going crazy, but that was a long time ago. I think it could be related to just baseball fans getting hype about baseball during the world series and basketball fans getting hype about basketball during the NBA tip-off because there's a lot that's going into ESPN. People get excited about it. There's more and more coverage, TNT, everything, right? League Pass is promoted everywhere. FanDuel and DraftKings are promoting both of these sports more than ever. The only thing I can think of is, do you sell these guys now because of just the general overall hype season of these sports. Does that make sense what I'm saying?
1: I I make sense, yes, but I would say no, don't sell them. But okay. that would be my personal take.
0: Yeah, because we talked about Kobe being like a great long-term hold. Do you feel the same way about this Griffey card?
1: No, I don't. Not about this Griffey card. I am a m- huge Griffey fan my dog's name is Griffey, literally uh and so like i i grew up in the era of the kid you know i was a texas rangers fan but like my first video game was ken griffey um you know like the baseball ken griffey game my first like jersey i think i owned was a ken griffey i my first like shoe of a of a player i think was the griffey cleats like um I've just always been a fan of the kid my whole life, and I still don't like that card (laughs) because of the the overprinting and all the problems that that card is associated with. I mean, like that card is known for being defunct. Um, yeah. like it, it's a very famous card i'll give you that like it's a it's a card that everybody knows so it's liquidity is good but you're never gonna find one of those that's super valuable like in that same you know like i, I mean
0: it's gonna let, kinda, me, it's let me digress there,
1: there will yes there is a high high floor on this card very low ceiling yeah. So I'm never gonna be in that card because I feel like that card is basic. That card is buying a stock, and you're just hoping it goes up with inflation. You know, like, and you're just hoping like, yeah, my money is the same that it's going to be in the future. Which I think, honestly, Griffey's name is only going to keep getting better. I think because like there was some stuff like a couple of years ago that he was like kind of in the media with some weird stuff and never really got improved blah blah blah. But like. Long-term, I could see him being part of a coaching scheme or a part of a franchise. I mean, he's literally going to be the hitting coach for the USA team at the World Baseball Classic this year. So, like, I think Griffey's starting to get more in the media. This is not the card I would buy, per se. I would buy, like, maybe some of those shorter print ones. Um, but, like we're talking about print runs this one had a massive print run in in relation to the other like um the other stuff sorry i'm gonna block this user here in our in our uh, chat but um there it, uh, compared to the other Griffey cards like this one had a massive higher print run so i would say no the kobe tops chrome i Honestly, man, I think that's one of those I'm just I'm gonna have a hard time ever selling, I think. Yeah. So
0: so that one was the was the tops, not the tops chrome. But um oh well then and, that, yeah, and that's it. what's different. That's what's <laughs> different about it. So the, the Kobe tops base, I think could be a good time to sell that because you've got a completely different print run, a completely different pop count. Um on that, but I agree with you on the to- Kobe. Tops Chrome, I think, is one that makes a ton of sense from... If, if you didn't hear episode 52 of the Sports Card Strategy Show, go listen to that because we break down a little bit towards the end what are some of the cards of retired players that we think make sense to buy. Um, but uh, I think Ken Griffey Jr., If you're looking at investing in the long term in Ken Griffey Jr., I would actually join the Facebook group of Ken Griffey Jr. collectors and I would just try to gather anecdotal information from that group to try to understand what the most desirable cards are for Griffey and then try to go buy those because that's like your audience of people that are actually going to want to spend a lot of money on like a rare Ken Griffey Jr. card. So that's just a little tidbit. I think that's where investors like, like people people that just look at data from other markets and kind of insert it and then look at like the typical cards like that's one way but i also think you need to cross reference that of like what is the actual collector base want that's rare and do some a little some some of that so i would i would do that so I d- Kendall i do have one more cell now um, And I think it's Donovan Mitchell because uh, he's averaging 33 points, five assists, seven rebounds in the first three games for the Cavs. He's shooting 50% from the field. I think he's going to, he could win like a conference player of the week award potentially. I don't think he's going to keep these individual performances up with Darius Garland coming back soon. Darius Garland, for those of you who don't know, in the season opener went out 13 minutes into the game after being poked in the eye. So it's not a serious injury, but if you're just looking at the box score, I think it could be a good time to, to list Mitchell's stuff just because you, we're going to get into a quick dip of basketball prices once we get closer to December. There's just not as much interest in general in the sports card market in the month of December and there's it's definitely not a hot period for basketball cards. So if, if you're looking at Donovan Mitchell's stuff and you're holding it right now, I think you're gonna go you're gonna see it dip for a couple of different reasons in December and it's, it's late October. So I would potentially look to sell him now, but Kendall, who do you have as your sell of the week?
1: It's a guy that you talked about earlier, actually. Um, And it's a guy that I have a completely different take on than you do. Um, I am saying sell now James Wiseman. Okay. I think this, there is a potential star in there. I'm not doubting that I think he's on the wrong team to be an impact center. I think, you know, like if he's going to be a guy who's going to like explode and be like my Nick Richards take, like if I'm looking at the two of these guys right now, I'm putting all my money in Nick Richards right now because, because the plus minus says so much in basketball. Okay. Especially with a team like the golden state warriors. And he, so far in his three games, James Wiseman has had a negative uh, plus-minus of 10 or more. Negative 10 or more. That means his turnovers are bad. That means when he's on the floor, the other team is scoring a lot. Defensively, he's struggling. Now he is in that second unit, and typically the second unit's not as defensively strong. Some stuff like that. I get it. And I also know that when you're looking at his minutes, last night the Golden State Warriors, I believe, had 89 points at halftime this game the over under at halftime was set at 2 273 like that is extremely high and by the way I smashed that under as soon as I saw it but um so he logged 19 minutes 47 seconds last night that's that's higher than his normal rate but because no one none of their starters played like half of the fourth quarter like these guys They were just like, hey, we're just going to get these young guys in there against the Kings. And then the Kings ended up coming back and, like, Kurt had had to come back and put his starters in. I just don't see it with James. I see a disconnected guy who's on a franchise that has so many stars. They don't really care about him. I think he needs to be in the limelight. I think a trade would be really good for him. They're not going to trade him because, you know, he's like so cheap and he can just sit behind Looney. Anyway. If you've got James Wiseman cards and somebody is gonna give you the money that you put into them originally, I think you can get out here and get back in when uh you know when he has a couple bad games because he's already had bad games, but people aren't really noticing how bad they are.
0: So interesting. Okay, I will Kendall, I love how you're going out on a limb on this show. This is what this show and no are all about. Um, I will buy some type of FC Cincinnati gear and wear it on at least one episode of the show. If you, if Nick Williams, we need to, we need to, we need to put like, sorry, Nick Richards. If Nick Richards, some, we need to put like an actual data point around this offline and then, and then circle back around to what the actual bet is. But if, if Nick Richards cards outperform James Wiseman cards, maybe we'll pick a card of each. That you feel comfortable with okay that's a little a not fair a percentage you know pick a card right. of each pick, pick a nick richards card and a james wiseman card and then a percent like whoever outperforms the other by the end of this nba season in terms of percentage then you know if nick richards does it i'll buy fc, FC cincinnati gear and then wear it for like an entire season of the show how about that <laughs> an entire season <laughs> all right so i want to i want to mention bryce harper though because i thought he might be your oh son. man
1: what a buy like bryce what, harper, a, what a guy
0: like, like we talk i think we talk about bryce harper like over the over the summer as yeah, sort of like man. another guy of like what do you do with his cards and like wouldn't now be the time to sell him
1: yeah i mean the, the hard part is like harper has so many haters like there we go chad there Chad we go. Gil, back into um, the mix harper has just so many haters that it's just it's a strange market it's similar yeah. honestly like <laughs> similar in in confusion as the griffey stuff like the Griffy stuff is like he has so many cards you've got to find out what are the ones that are the cool looking ones rather than the ones that are really investable because those are the ones that end up because it was in that junk era Harper came out in an era where Bowman was, like, really cheap or and, like, wasn't really, like, I, I for instance, I got a Bowman first uh, Bryce Harper, not an auto, just a regular Bowman first for free. Someone sent it to me for free, you know, like, and now that card's worth, like, $40 right now. So, am I going to sell it? Absolutely. But, um, mm-hmm. but the, what I'm saying is, like, it's a, it's a, I'm fully there with you. He's a sell. Um, I think he actually could get a little bit more of a run in the world series because when Harper's on, he's extremely on and he's such a like emotional player that people love to hate him, but they love to love him as well. You know, like Phillies fans are going nuts right now, probably naming their kids Bryce, you know, like um, because like, I saw a video of uh, thematic music over that home run. Um, I guess last was it last night um, where the Phillies clinched the home run. He's like down by one. He's got two runners on or something. He hits that home run and he is typical Bryce Harper fashion just stares at it. And I'm like, that is a man among boys right there. Um, and so I'm a I'm a big um, Harper fan. I'm not bought into any of him stuff other than, you know, my my Bowman first, I'm going to sell for free uh, or or, (laughs) I got for free. Um, But I think now is an incredible time to sell him because I, his market's not going to get any better. So. Um, Yeah.
0: And if you're a collector, like just want to acknowledge some of the, chatter that we had earlier in the show when I was on my soapbox. I do agree Chad Gill says we have collectors, investors, flippers and people like me who is a combination of all three. And and I agree that 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 you know maybe Bryce people holding Bryce Harper cards aren't going to sell because they are a collector of Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper doesn't strike me as a guy who you're out who who people were maybe thinking of flipping anyway, so that might be a weird thing to mm-hmm. say sell him now, but I do think if you know People probably understand what I'm trying to say. There's not going to be necessarily another moment to sell his cards Mm -hmm. if you were looking to profit off of his cards. And I agree with AG underscore cards here saying everyone just needs to participate in the hobby how they want and not worry what others are doing. I agree. I think we just need to support each other. Um, And uh, Caleb Nightingale has this show playing in his shop right now. That's Uh, awesome. Do you have a local sports card shop or some other kind of shop? Let us know. We'd love to support you. And um, also, Kendall, I have a would you rather for you. Let's so go. I get excited this. for this. I think it's a relevant question. Um, which falling slash fallen goats cards would you rather buy now? Tom Brady, Cristiano Ronaldo, or oh, man, or do we put LeBron in this category? Hmm. I th- I don't think we can say LeBron is fallen yet, but falling question mark which of the three would you rather buy now you you talked about brady earlier in the show
1: i did yeah but okay uh are you are like me personally where i would spend my money
0: yeah you personally caleb congratulations on opening up your local card shop yes where is it caleb yeah, let us know where it is. We want to promote it for you. Yeah, brother. man,
1: let's get that going. I get
0: get drop the social in there. I'll give it a shout out, man. Promote your stuff, baby. That's sick. All right, which of the three would you rather buy now? Um,
1: I mm. <laughs> That was a good one. That's a good one because there's three guys that I like a lot. Um, I I think I'm going to take Ronaldo in that situation because Ronaldo's about to have the World Cup. He's going to go off for Portugal. You know, he's going to score some awesome goals. Uh, Brady's probably not getting any better this season. (laughs) You know, like, so the immediate short term, he's probably not getting any better. Um, And I think LeBron will ride the ship, and I think he'll be fine. Um, I don't think now is going to be – now might be the best buying opportunity for LeBron, but I think Ronaldo is just – I mean, he's probably the guy that I am – the biggest fan of out of the three, and I talk about LeBron a lot, so um I, I'm going to go Ronaldo.
0: Cool. All right. Well, I just want to give a quick update on some of the moves that have been happening at NoOffseason.com, and if you want to get a year free of the premium subscription, where you can get more than 300 player profiles in detail, email me at paul at nooffseason.com to find out how. And if you're already a subscriber to the premium version email me anyway and i'll hook you up with something else that's cool not as cool as the free year but something else that's cool so some quick moves tom brady's down russell wilson's down lamar jackson's down patty mahomes and joe burrow are up Giannis, zion tatum and yeah Giannis, zion tatum are up durant is down and shohei otani is up from just sitting around being idle. I think it's a good time to potentially buy some Shohei Otani. That's another little tidbit. And Kendall, one more thing I wanted to, to throw your way since you mentioned this, uh, as a dope, as your W of the week on Friday in episode 52 is boom, here's the Killian Mbappe. The first one I've seen listed, uh, Killian Mbappe National Treasures auto. This is eight out of 10 on card auto. And this is listed by cherry collectibles. Who's, uh, Famously located in Australia, so approximately seven thousand seventy-two U.S. dollars right now. There's thirty-six bids on this thing. It ends in eleven hours. So Kendall, I wanted to bring this to your attention because if you want this, go talk to your wife. Figure out <laughs> how do you get how do you go get this. You've got eleven hours, twenty-three minutes, and twenty-one seconds to do it, buddy.
1: I don't have the money for this, uh, but I think that is a good buy. Like, I think if I did have that much money, I think that is going to go up as soon as the World Cup starts. It's a beautiful card, by the way. Um, I love the blue on it. The borders look really good there. Um,
0: Caleb yeah. Nightingale says, Give me CR7. There's so much less soccer products out there. That's a good point. Uh, he's in less soccer products. There's just less of them out there. Soccer hasn't been out as long as football or basketball, so he has even less cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Gauntlet future. Yeah, that's right. Chad Gill, you know, what's up. You know, what's up.
1: <laughs> Just a bunch all of fallen right, every- <laughs> stars.
0: <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, Kendall, this is your opportunity to say one last thing before I end the show.
1: Uh, so far I've been right on Zach Wilson. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Nice. Uh, nothing about FC Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, we good. got eliminated that's in the playoffs. Oh, sorry about that. All right. Well, uh, Good for you on Zach Wilson. And then what's the uh, what's the last thing you say before we end the show? I always forget.
1: Uh, something about
0: rock music. <laughs> Let's go, cue The rock music, he says. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening to the Sports Card Show. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffsicle.com. He's 10 minutes this week. I'm just baseball, and wild